What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today on the show, we have Johnny Roger. She is the CEO at Wet Noses Natural Dog Treat Company. We get into a really cool conversation just about her journey, you know, seeing her father as an entrepreneur, being inspired, going off, really getting that experience, working for a lot of major brands, and then taking the leap and going on and becoming the CEO of Wet Noses in October of 2020, and then starting to look at how she can grow and innovate within that company and how they're going to drive their mission forward. So it's a great conversation. If you're in the CPG space, I think this is one that you'll want to listen to. But before we get into it, as always, this show is brought to you by us, WorkCave Social. We're a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow with using social media. So if you need help with anything when it comes to paid social, organic social, head over to Cave Social, hit that contact us, book a free consultation. We'd be glad to help you out. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I'm excited. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. We're going to get into it, but we are welcoming Johnny Rogers to the show. She is the CEO at Wet Noses Natural Dog Treat Company. Johnny, how you doing? Hi, Jordan. It's nice to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I just got a dog three months ago, so nice. I, am, I have been thrust into the world that is dog treats, dog shopping, dog toys. And let's just say it's definitely bigger than I thought it would be. <laughs> There's a lot to it. But before we get into wet noses and what you all have going on there, I want to turn back the tape a little bit, pass the microphone to you. Give us that five minute backstory and how you got to where you're at with wet noses. Sure, sure. So just going back super quickly, I'm originally from San Diego. I grew up seeing my dad be an entrepreneur. He's probably worked for someone once ever in his life. He's always had a business of his own for the most part. And I saw myself really wanting to run my own business one day, but didn't necessarily know what that business would be. I thought it would be something I would develop from scratch, but I never really had that groundbreaking idea that I was inspired by. So, you know, I kind of pushed myself to really just get to the point where I was learning and had opportunities so that when that time came, I was really equipped to be able to run whatever business that would be. I went to UCLA for undergrad, focused on economics. And when I came out of school, again, I, I knew I eventually wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know in, in what capacity. But what I knew is in watching my dad, he was really good at selling. And every entrepreneur that I knew, because his friends were also entrepreneurs for the most part, they were really good at selling. And I figured that if I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do at the time, I could at least get really good at that. And so I took a sales role coming out of undergrad with Kellogg Company. It was a product that I was excited about when I knew from childhood and there was just a connection there. So I started there and really liked it and had some success, moved up the ladder relatively quickly to the point where I started getting more interaction with brand managers within the organization. I had a role that moved me out to Chicago, which brought me even closer to those teams. And I saw for the first time that they were really driving the strategy for organizations. They were almost like mini general managers running their own businesses. And I knew that for me, wanting to eventually run my own 
own business, that would be an incredible training ground. So that's really when I decided to go back to business school. So I, I went back to University of Chicago Booth School of Business, focusing in finance and marketing. And coming out of that, I knew that I wanted to go to one of the CPGs that were known for developing those, you know, quote unquote, classically trained general management marketers, which at the time were like the crafts of the world, P&G and General Mills. So I love Chicago. I decided to go to craft. And over the course of almost seven years, I probably had six different roles there across brands like Planters and Kraft Mac and Cheese and Velveeta, the list goes on. Um, also, once we merged with Heinz, I had really cool experiences with innovation and really working on breakthrough innovation specifically that were just like, was a team at the center of the company developing things that truly didn't exist yet, which I thought was a really cool opportunity. And for the first time I was able to launch businesses from scratch, which was, you know, I think a nice taste of what I eventually wanted to do. I eventually moved on to Bell Brands, just wanting a bit of a cultural shift. Again, went on to lead businesses there. First, The Laughing Cow. I was part of a pretty major turnaround on that business and then eventually took on three additional smaller brands there before I got the call about Wet Noses. And it was at a point where I was, for the most part, working in this general management capacity, running these larger business for larger companies. And, you know, there was a point I remember when I, I first got promoted to director where I was reminded, I can't remember how I was reminded, but I was reminded of why I was, you know, doing all this in the first place. And it was really about eventually becoming an entrepreneur and owning my own company, running my own company. And the whole point of going into CP, going back to business school and then coming out in CPG was to train myself to be able to do that. And I started to feel like I was at the point of diminishing returns. Like how much more did I really need to know before I jumped out and did it on my own? It's funny. It's funny. You said that and I literally wrote down this note, which said it's like how things in life can come full circle where you see your dad doing it. You see his friends doing it. You go off and really like put in the work and sharpen, you know, sharpen the sword, get the weapons right. So you're ready that when the time came, like you've walked the walk and talked the talk enough that you're not as going to see as many surprises. Now, I do want to get into the, the changes and the surprises of obviously when you go from a multinational massive company like a Kellogg or the Heinz company into wet noses. Definitely some new challenges, I'm sure. Walk me through, because you came on, if I'm not correct, to Wet Noses in the middle of COVID, correct? <laughs> yes, right in the middle. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> not ideal, but walk me through that transition of coming in, the new CEO, you have this team there. How did that work when it came to like, you know, just articulating the vision and setting some new structures. Was that a lot of Zoom calls? Was it, yeah, what did that look like for the organization? Sure. So coming into the role, I knew it would be really important that I was physically here. I'm the first person to run this business since the founder. And I think, you know, coming along with the transaction and the change of ownership in the business, there was a lot of uncertainty for the team. And I knew despite COVID, and as scary as it, it could be to drop everything and move across the country in the middle of a pandemic, 
I knew that I physically needed to be here in order to make a connection with the team, understand the lay of the land, and really start to set that vision and inspire people. So I think I might have left Chicago on a Friday and landed here and started on a Monday. And that's been since October of 2020. So I think it was a matter of me being willing to take that leap as weird as it felt at a time like COVID in order to do so. But in terms of the strategic grounding, I think it was super important for me to come in and let the team teach me and ground me on their perspective. Because one thing I can guarantee from any role that I've ever been in is that the people who were there before you know it better than you, no matter how much you think you know. (laughs) So I just, I came from a place of listening. During my first week, we had strategic SWAT sessions cross-functionally where I was able to get a good sense from every functional lead on what they felt our strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats were. And for me, that was an incredible starting point to begin strategy development so that I could get to the point of setting vision with the team. I love that when you come in and it's not, I'm not here to bust down doors. I'm here to open them and talk with the team and, and really listen. That um, For any of the listeners here, there's a great book called Leaders Eat Last, and they actually talk about how mm-hmm. GM revive their business when they started listening to the guy who makes, you know, doors for his input on the best way to make doors. Cause that's where he lives is making that door every day. Yeah. And it's such a micro example that I think can translate over into almost any industry. And that's really cool to hear that you said, okay, I'm going to come in with intention, but you know, in intention of, like you said, dropping everything, moving across the, you guys are based out of Seattle, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so that's going all in. That's that entrepreneurship gene to go all in, get there. Because at that time you got appointed, it wouldn't have been weird to say, okay, I'm going to start remote until COVID dies down. But to go and be there and and support the team and really get that understanding at such a deep level, I think is so important and so cool to hear. And just one build on that, I think as scary as it was at some level to move in the midst of a pandemic, it also made it the easiest possible time in the world. Like when I really thought about it, like I was already talking to everyone I knew over Zoom. It's not like my friends were having dinners on Fridays. My husband's work had gone virtual indefinitely. So I didn't have to leave without him. He was able to come with me. So there, the interesting part is that it was difficult, but it actually was a lot easier to move than it might've been a year prior. Yeah, some silver linings, right? When those stars align differently for different people at different times. And it's like you get the call, that opportunity's there. And you've known all along, like, I want to run a company. And you jump in. Now, talk to me. You get to wet noses. What is something that has been an adjustment moving to a smaller organization coming from a multinational company where you're trained, you're managing maybe hundreds of people that are underneath you? Yeah. Walk me through. Has there been anything that's really stuck out that's been like, okay, this has been very different now managing a team of, you know, about 30? We range between 70 and 100 employees, depending on the season, but it's still a a, an incredible transition. I think um, it's hard to really be prepared for um, the number of things that you just never exposed to as like a director general management, general manager role at a large CPG versus like a CEO at a smaller company because you know, in those prior roles, there's just teams of people that do certain things that you will never see or hear about. (laughs) And really, in a a role like this, everything comes back to me. 
I'm, you know, ultimately responsible for every function. So I think it's, it was just hard to quantify how big that additional responsibility would be in addition to the strategic leadership that I was already really familiar with. So as experienced as I was in one sense, there's a lot of new things that I've just never touched before. It's interesting, right? This idea of um, like extreme ownership when in a bigger corporation, if something goes awry with the brand, you can say, okay, well, we have, that's going to go over to this department and that's cool. And we have, you have the support infrastructure and there's, you know, another level above and somebody to pass off things to. And now you're the CEO. And to your point, you said everything is your responsibility and falls under you. So taking that mindset shift and the literal shift in responsibility, I think it's something that adds weight, but it also adds more emotion. And I think more passion into businesses. And that's something that I want to kind of move into next is, have you noticed, because you said you kind of felt like it was time to take this leap. Have you felt a difference day to day? Like that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? Do you know what I mean? Like that passion, that thing that's pulling you into the office that's saying, I need to be here. We're going to make a change. We're going to innovate. I, I want to talk a little bit about if those feelings have changed just with, you know, from waking up to kind of go into an, a brand that's under Kellogg to now it's, you know, you're driving the ship. And then two, I want to talk about where that ship is driving with regards to innovation and where you see, you know, your category with regards to natural pet food going. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so, to be honest. Like what I find in the roles I've been most passionate about is that I'll get enthralled and just like obsessed almost with whatever like the BHAG is within that business. Like on The Laughing Cow, it was being the first person to turn the business around after like years of decline. Like I was just obsessed with that challenge and super excited about it. And it drove me into the office every morning. At Craft Times, I had breakthrough innovation targets that had never been hit. And it always kind of comes back to that. Like I think it's cool to do things that haven't been done prior. In this role, it's doubled to tripling the size of the business in the next three to five years, which I think is an incredible challenge that really excites me. I've I've never been one to really be excited about another three to five points of growth. Like those are just not the <laughs> things that get me out of bed. Um, so I think much like the roles that I've chosen in the past at larger companies, it's a major, it's one that's going to take some heavy lifting and creativity. And much like past roles in larger CPGs, like I'm, I'm just as excited about this one, but this time I get to have more skin in the game, which does make me even more excited about it. I love it. And I, I love to triple the size of a company in, you know, three to five years. That's a, a BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. But I love it. And I, I think that, like you said, it can shift when you're like, you weren't necessarily three to you know five points growth previously, but now you see that growth and you don't only see it from the financial incentive, but understanding like, oh, if we grow the company, more pets are going to have great food, right? More people are going to be able to come work in this culture and experience this. And the trickle down of that growth can just be so immense on the entire culture of an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many embedded benefits to like being on this side of the fence. I mean, to your point, there's so many people with, you know, their livelihoods and their families who 
would benefit from the growth of a company like this. I've told you this before, I believe, but we make probably the cleanest dog treats that one could make. And what you said reminded me of what our founder actually told me once, where like her driving inspiration for a really long time was just feeding more great food to more dogs. There's definitely a mission element to it here that was a little less tangible in big food, I'd say, but my personal excitement, I'd say most comes from like being able to do things that might feel a little bit impossible. I love that. I love going after those big things. Now, walk me through, particularly with wet noses and a growth trajectory, is the goal, and or I guess where things are at, is the goal to go more online or is it more physical placements? Or is it to use third-party retailers online? So I would say that we could reach the goal that I just mentioned by expanding our distribution within <laughs> within the marketplace alone. So I, I see that as like a major focus. There's a lot of things that need support in order to do that, just like some dynamics with traditional marketing fundamentals around the pack and price pack architecture, et cetera, making sure we're winning on the shelves that we're on, as well as driving innovation so that we can get and maintain um, those placements. But that lever alone, if done really, really well, could help me achieve that goal, which I think, I mean, when we talk about e-commerce and growing that, and we also have a pretty significant own brand manufacturing business supporting the private label marketplace, that also could be a huge lever. But my point is that there's so many different ways to accelerate this business. I think it really comes down to prioritization and figuring out which one we want to pick. But there's a path down all three of those potential paths. That's exciting, right? To know that, okay, we can take a couple paths to get to the same end goal. And as we start to go, we can realize like, oh, heck, this one's exploding. You know, we should divert some resource and go there. So that's cool. And it's something that I'm excited to sit back and watch what you all, you know, accomplish with wet noses. I know now I will be buying some for my dog, Millie. But Johnny, before I let you go, let people know where can they learn more about wet noses and where can they connect with you online? Absolutely. So you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, um, Wet Noses Essentially Handle. You could also go to wetnoses.com. That's W-E-T-noses.com, where you can learn more about us, our mission, our philosophy, as well as purchase our product. We're also available at pet specialty retailers nationwide. As far as me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Johnny Rogers. That's definitely the best way to follow me or follow our journey. Awesome. And I will put links to all of those in the show notes page so you all can head over and get yourself some uh, amazing dog treats from Wet Noses and connect with Johnny. Johnny, thanks again so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.